0: Hey, hey, hey! It's John Keating here. That '70s card show. I'm an ordinary man. Nothing special. Nothing grand. A uh, little bit of a disjointed episode here. Um, kind of like the Beatles' Abbey Road side two. Have a few things that aren't kind of complete, whole, wholly formed songs. And if you uh, listen to side two of Abbey Road, brilliant. A lot of one-minute ditties and stuff like that. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what, what's what been going on with me in the hobby the last few weeks, of course, coming off the heels of the wonderful National Card Show over there in uh, Chicago, uh, the second city. The city of big shoulders, I believe, the Windy City, and uh, soon to be the former home of the Chicago Bears, they say. Uh, Future Arlington Bears. Anyway, um, just got back from a World One trip this week. Uh, Monday, had a uh, flight to Chicago, canceled, flew to Chicago. Tuesday morning, Uh, had a meeting, flew to Atlanta Tuesday night for a meeting, Wednesday morning. Wednesday night after that meeting, I was able to visit... Uh, ballpark number 29 in my uh, quest to touch them all, as they say. Uh, that's Truist Park there, home of the Braves. Not the Brave, but the Braves. And uh, just like any, old, any of these new ballparks, kind of kind of cookie cutter, right? We had cookie cutter stadiums in the 70s and say what you want, but there's not a lot of personality in that stadium. Uh, good time had they played the Yankees. There's lots of food, beer, and other methods to separate you from your hard-earned cash. Oh, I learned a lesson. Uh, I typically try to get really good seats at these stadiums when I go, and uh, i come to realize that I spend most of my time just walking around, checking out the park. So, uh, Smart John, at 55 years old, finally figured out, pay for a standing room ticket, and you can go anywhere you want. So, um that's what I done, did uh pretty proud of myself for uh figuring that out on ballpark number 29. So here we are, uh, as I said, a couple weeks after national time, maybe three weeks at this point, um, from the closing bell. And uh conventional wisdom would tell you that after such a big event like that. You'd probably slow down, maybe slow down your purchasing after having picked up a lot of stuff, knocked off a lot of things on your list, but uh, I'm not that bright. Uh, and I like to say I make every mistake, hopefully not twice, but uh, I've made them all. And uh, future mistakes, always on the horizon as well. So uh, a little bit of a drought there for me on Facebook Marketplace. Um count on picking up some cards anywhere from hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands to possibly even more uh probably every couple months there a little while back there in 21 and 22 haven't had much luck lately it's probably been about a year since i bought a really good collection Uh, and i say collection i don't mean uh old cardboard graded uh collections that were curated by uh people but more like a hodgepodge of stuff that's crossed hands and switched hands many times kind of picked through but maybe not picked through all the way so anyway uh, I done uh, went on fake facebook marketplace as I do probably daily and uh, checked out what the happenings were and uh, stumbled across uh, across not across. I stumbled across a collection advertises about 40,000 cards uh, for, I don't know, 750 bucks, something like that. So, uh, I reached out, wasn't too far away from me. I like to pick stuff up in person, look at it, uh, reached out. And, uh, it was a, I guess a wife, uh, posting for her husband, husband, uh, met me in a parking lot and, um, well, uh, we negotiated down a little, so five fifty for, uh, a lot of cards. So what was cool about this is there was a lot of cards with their original wax boxes and the wax pack wrappers. I guess you would say wax pack. I call Mylar wrappers. Uh and uh really a lot of neat stuff in there. And on the um you know, in the pictures there was some stuff that caught my attention. There was a 78 Peyton, Walter Peyton, there was a 78 Roger Stallback, uh, 76 Ed Tuttle Jones. A lot of stuff from the junk wax era but uh late 90s early 2000s stuff like that. So anyway, uh probably about 50% baseball, 25% football, 25% basketball. Uh there were tens of hockey cards in there and even maybe a dozen or so NASCAR cards. Um so I'm in the process of sorting through that uh the potential unrealized gain uh so far with maybe 10% of the collection onboarded has far exceeded the uh, $550 I spent. So that's what I look for in a collection. I look for five times anything, 5 xing uh, the potential value uh, that gets absorbed into my collection. So we're well beyond that at this point, thankfully, and I have a lot to go. And then uh, when it's all over, this will take a few months because I'm very busy, as you can tell. Uh, It'll take a few months for me to get through this onboard, uh, log it, uh, and then uh, figure out uh, to sell my duplicates. My duplicates, uh, right now I have, uh, boy, probably uh, over, I don't know, maybe 1,500 to 2,000 duplicates that I've already pulled out uh, of uh, some studs. Frank Thomas' rookie card was in there, so there was some good stuff uh, floating about. Uh, again, lots and lots and lots of, uh, fun stuff in there. So, uh, you know, Michael Jordan's, Barry Sanders, Elway's, uh, Emmett's, uh, Aikman's, they're all in there. So it'll be fun to, to sort through that in the next, uh, few months again, you think I'd slow down after having such a wonderful time at the national. But, uh, in last year I was, as you, as I have alluded to, I've been, I was a little bit of a funk post at national with the hobby, but, uh, man, sky's the limit now. So having fun with that, uh, I'll talk about some more pickups here in a bit. If you stick around with me now, Robbie Robertson, uh, died at the age of 80 on August 9th, Robbie Robertson, you say, and I say, yes. Um, Robbie Robertson was part of the band, um, kind of the first in line of uh, what some would refer, refer to as thinking man. Thinking man's bands, such as later on Steely Dan and maybe Rush and, and some other stuff. I know there was some prog rock stuff in there that was pretty deep, but Eric Clapton once uh, flew to Woodstock, New York to try to join the band. Uh, And it was his dream to join the band um, for sure. And a great band started out as the Hawks, Ronnie Hawkins backing band. And then were Bob Dylan's first electric band before they left and uh, just did their thing as the band. Music from the Big Pink, of course, their uh, penultimate piece of music. Garth Hudson is the last remaining survivor of the band. The band was interesting because they were mostly from Canada, yet they're kind of known for their Americana music. Uh, Levon Holm was the only American in that band. He was a drummer. He was a singer. Um, Rick Danko was a bass player. He was a singer. Richard Manuel, he was a piano player. He was a singer. And Garth Hudson, uh, of course, is the sole remaining member, and he was only allowed to join the band after he promised his parents that uh, the other band members would pay him weekly to tutor them on their musical instruments his parents were serious musicians did not think rock and roll was the way to the future so that's how he convinced his parents to let him join the band as the band's musical teacher um, so Ronnie Robbie Robertson uh, uh, enjoy your journey to the other side. Uh, wrote all that great music. And uh, if you haven't seen the last waltz, maybe you should check that out. You can see Robbie and the, and the band on their last go around with uh, Robbie playing a bronze Fender Stratocaster for the occasion. So uh, Chatterbox me. Uh, I've been loving to chat with other collectors. Uh, Tony, he's from South Philly. Philly. We chat on um, Twitter a lot. Drew out there in Nebraska always shooting me stuff, Rob, uh, Colorado on uh, Facebook Messenger. And of course, uh, Zach, Mark and Cooter always, uh, always uh, accepting my either texts or Twitter DMs and uh, humoring me with whatever I have to say. So appreciate that, fellas. Uh, Spent some time yesterday, was supposed to be running errands. And uh, one of my errands was to uh, uh, stop by my LCS and pick up a card that I had given to a submission at the National. Uh, my LCS owner submitted that at the National. Talk about that in a second, but we talked about cards. Had a good time. Uh, it's good to see his store buzzing along with young collectors, old collectors, um, and everybody in between uh went there a couple times this week and it was it was fun to see a lot of people in there if i can't talk to the lcs uh uninterrupted for a while i think that's great because that means he's busy doing other stuff so happy to see mike at um what's hot collectibles in limerick doing well congrats to you uh less than a quarter mile away is my uh my friend rob spar who has spar's archives now he sells everything stereos records um everything toys you can imagine and a lot of cards but most importantly rob is a collector so rob and i rob humors me i go into his uh, shop and we talk cards and i always say all right i gotta go and then i'm there for another half an hour because i brought up something else to talk about so rob appreciate you letting me uh chew your ear in the smithereens and um uh, it's fun to talk cards now rob while I was talking to Rob, his twin brother who also collects, was talking, uh was hanging out with Ray from Philly. So uh we were able to exchange some fairly graphic and um adult humored uh text messages between our two little uh, our two little uh, powwows that we were having miles apart at the same time. So anyway, thanks to all for humor me with humoring me with my uh with my babblings about cards and all that stuff. So uh, the, continued, uh, the continued extraction from the wall of this wallflower is much appreciated. So take a chance. Taking a chance again. Uh, we take a chance whenever we buy cards, I suppose. Um, Facebook Marketplace, again, is a good example of that. Uh, I try to be a little conservative there. I don't like to take too many risks Uh, anywhere am I collecting, truth be told, not just Facebook marketplace, but occasionally we do take risks. Uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think when you enjoy a hobby or have a hobby per se, you should be taking a lot of risks because uh, stress and angst is not uh, an enjoyable um, way to go about uh, one of your pastimes. And it's interesting. I have a lot of, a lot of stress and angst with work, uh, especially lately. So, it shouldn't um, it shouldn't be rolled over into my um, my little quiet time that I have alone so I took a chance a few weeks back on a um, Facebook marketplace ad ad is short for advertisement um, David Letterman used to say advertisement, which I thought I had been saying it wrong my whole life but it turns out I say it right and David's a little off kilter with that. But anyway, Facebook Marketplace saw a, a listing and it kind of caught my eye. Um, there was a lot of modern cards by this same lister and it was a, um, a female listing it. So I thought that that was interesting. So I'll pop that on here. It was for a uh, Yogi Berra 1947 tip top uh, bread baseball card listed at $25 used condition fair all that fun stuff so uh I was a little bit surprised and I know that there were some reprints the reprints themselves actually say reprint on the back um so this did not say that but uh still uh I went to inspect I took the thing out of the uh, thing holder and um looked real to me not that I have any vast experience with tip-top red, but you can kind of I guess look for all the basic, um, all the basic uh, telltale signs that it may be counterfeited. So uh, I uh, I paid twenty five dollars for the card, and um, it didn't have any tip top red cards. And it turns out not a lot of people do have tip top red cards. But uh, bought it, had a one hundred twenty five dollar sticker on the back. So what that tells me is uh, my chances of it being real or diminishing uh, by the second I figured this collector who also tried to sell me some wonderful chase Utley and Ryan Howard cards in the two thousands, which I politely declined, tells me that maybe they had bought the card for 125 bucks at one point, tried to submit it and uh, came back counterfeit. So things were looking bleak for me. Uh, Again, my friend Mike at the LCS submitted it uh, at the national with a bunch of other stuff. And, uh, it returned this week and I went into his store Thursday. Okay. This is Sunday right now. So Thursday I went into the store. I said, Hey, did you get that? Uh, the subs back from the national from SGC. He says, no, I, he said, did you get the grades? He goes, I got the grades. And he was afraid to tell me that it came back a one. So I was, uh, ecstatic and he's looking at me like I'm crazy, uh, He's looking at me like I'm nuts, right? So uh, anyway, uh, and I told him why, because I thought the thing was counterfeit. So uh, yeah, so anyway, um, there we are. We have the uh, 1947 Tip Top Bread Larry Barra card. Uh, There's only 15 of these graded by SGC. And uh, as my friend Mark Coyle told me, these came in bread bags uh, and were pretty beat up. So this is a one. Uh, I see a little bread in the back there. Uh, This is Larry Barra's first card folks. So 1947 tip top bread, Uh, Lawrence, Larry Yogi Barra. That's his first card. I'm not going to claim it's a rookie card, but for sure it's his first card. Uh, It's an early and possibly one of the first um, post-war food issues. Uh, I know that there was some ramping up back then of a lot of, uh, food issues and obviously the cards in the late forties, uh, started coming back online after the war. So anyway, uh, 15 of those graded, most, uh, of them graded, at least six of them are, uh, ones like I have right there. So, uh, there's a few outliers. I think there's a seven and a five and a half and a five and an authentic or whatever. But anyway, it's a nice, uh, Larry, uh, Barra, young Larry Barra, um, post-war, pre-1950s food issue card. So kudos to me. I took a chance, and uh, it worked out there. I'm not saying everybody should take a chance all the time, but uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. Now, speaking of uh, that stuff, so we have our, our Yogi Berra. Uh, also, a few weeks back there, I bought um, uh, this 1957 world series um program from the yankees home of the champions yankees braves of course the braves would win that world series and uh yogi played in that world series obviously yogi won a lot of rings and um anyway home of champions yankee stadium probably a cigarette ad on the bat. yep lucky strike bought that for my friend rob spar at spar Ar- archives that i spoke of earlier so fun little add to the collection there. I didn't I uh, go into Rob's place and buy stuff like this that I completely uh didn't intend to walking in, but um pretty thrilled to have a 57 Yankees Braves uh World Series program. Um nice little fun piece of history. All right, next up we have uh, a trip out west I made to Harrisburg, which is in the central part of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is a commonwealth it's so only three of them, uh, Massachusetts, Virginia, and Pennsylvania, uh, common wealth, uh, of Pennsylvania. Yes. That means we get to, uh, get our car inspected once a year, as opposed to twice a year, or maybe never in some States, we get to buy our liquor and our beer at state stores or, uh, beer distributors. I know that's changed a little bit lately, but, um, uh, imagine being under 21 and trying to, uh, buy liquor in Pennsylvania, it never was easy. Trust me. Uh, We're going to move on to Harrisburg and Harrisburg. I met up with Harlan. Uh, He was featured in chasing cardboard episodes. I think 13 and 14 Harlan is uh, in the process. It's probably going to be a lifelong process of selling his father-in-law's massive collection of everything. Uh, I bought some postcards from Harlan off of uh, uh, eBay Got a nice Astrodome one over there, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, has his, his father-in-law collected so many things. And, and Harlan sometimes uh, is around the uh, internet known as John's many collections. John was his father-in-law. So anyway, Harlan's been selling uh, and educating himself. You can watch those Chasing Cardboard episodes, of course. So Harlan and I... Uh, um. We made a deal for a bunch of stuff about, oh, I don't know, a couple months ago, and I paid for it because I don't like to have those loose ends out there. The only issue was eventually trying to trying to get it in my hands, and neither, neither one of us was in any hurry because uh, just as long as I was paid for it, I, I felt like it was okay. So Harlan finally reached out and said, hey, let's meet up Harrisburg. Uh, there's a card show there. So I drove out. It's probably about halfway for both of us, which is great. Drove out there, met Harlan and his two sons, wonderful boys. And uh, before uh, taking a quick trip around the card show, uh, we made the exchange and more cards got sucked into the Jeep. And um, away we go. So uh, what did I get, you ask? So in there was a uh, 64 Tops coin set, Uh, not in perfect condition, but it had the variations and all that fun stuff there was some uh solata coins in there uh some old london coins in there there was a 71 tops coin set probably about 80% of that and then there was a tops coin set from the 80s uh 50 and 1953 uh, tops license plate cards which are fun and interesting and difficult to sort because there's some variations of those there was some um, old bird cards from the early 1900s, which is pretty cool. So a lot of pre-war uh, bird cards in there. There was the flags, the tops, I think, 63 uh, midgy cards. Um, so a bunch of those, a whole bunch of duplicates, all that fun stuff. Um Really, uh, some space cards from the '60s and stuff like that, but really fun uh, kind of alternative collecting items, oddball is what they'd call them, I guess these days. Uh, so, anyway, uh, that was a fun. Uh, I guess we did that about a week ago. It was fun popping that into the uh, into the old uh, collection and all that stuff. So I have all that stuff sorted, logged, and uh, thrown into the officially on board uh, into my collection. So that was fun, Harlan. I appreciate that. I hope to do uh, more business in the future with you. I know uh, Mark and Cooter have also been um, dealing with Harlan, which is awesome. There's a lot of really, really cool oddball stuff in his um, collection. He also asked me if I wanted to uh... – he's he's also trying to liquidate 350,000 records. And I I told him, man, I could barely fit – that many baseball cards in my basement so good luck with that harlan john uh john is having the last laugh uh on you but you're doing uh, wonderful work there so so uh old man take a look at my life right um got a lot of got a lot of oddball cards now um there's some interesting stuff that's been happening uh lately in the hobby especially in the past week with uh, certain players that were uh, really the uh, stars and darlings of the hobby uh, not too long ago. So, vintage collectors, uh, and I'm probably, I, mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but uh, vintage collectors are often, often uh, discounted or even mocked uh, as out of touch. And uh, the old man on the porch, well, you can't buy wisdom, you can't buy experience, you have to live it, right? So, uh, the events of the past week, um, just a continued reminder that uh, we should probably um, probably uh, collect and uh, worship these players for their bodies of work and not their potential. Um, you know, look at Silicon Valley with Apple and then look at Theranos. Theranos was going to be. The biggest thing ever once it hit its IPO, but uh, again, let's look at the body of work for these players for their cards. Um, you know these artificial markets that are created. Uh, I don't think anybody wins in the long term. Obviously, there's some short-term winners, but there's a lot of long-term losers there, and that's nothing that that nobody already knows, or nothing that everybody doesn't already know, I guess is the way to say that. So don't discount wisdom. Uh, you know, people like myself who were adults in the 90s were still adults in the 2020s. We saw it before. We're seeing it now. Um, slow your roll, as they would say. I know I'm preaching to the choir. Uh, so a little lyric here by uh, Jackson Brown, of my son Jackson, by the way. Uh, I'm going to be a happy idiot and struggle for the legal tender where the ads take claim and lay their claim to the heart and the soul of the spender. And I believe in whatever may lie in those things that money can buy where true love could have been a contender. So love your cards. Don't lust your cards. Don't lust after your cards. Don't covet other people's cards. Just enjoy, uh, and, uh, Don't take too many risks on that stuff. That album, uh, The Pretender, 1976, wonderful, wonderful album. I'm a bit of a pretender as I've uh, expanded my non-sports vintage collection. Uh, I probably, Junk Wax Era, I have a massive collection, probably the most comprehensive collection of cards nobody wants. Uh, I've got 2000s. I've got football, baseball, basketball, hockey, uh, got them all. So uh, you can be a pretender, but uh, don't, don't, don't jump at everything that moves in the bushes, as they say. So anyway, that's it. A uh, little bit of my side to Abbey Road, lots of stuff out there. Hopefully it was enough for people to enjoy while they mowing their lawn folding their laundry, or perhaps sorting their new wonderfully loved and possibly horribly conditioned sports cards or non-sports cards. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week, weeks, or months. Be safe, uh, take care, and thanks for listening slash watching.